Thank you very much for joining the Confidence Mastery podcast for a second time, Alfie. Pleasure's always mine, as you know. Thank you. So we are two and a half years down the line now um, from our first one. A hundred and I don't know what number episodes you're going to be yet, though. So I better keep that secret. But we're over 130 episodes and in over 70 countries now. So I'm very pleased of where the podcast has gone since we last talked. But I'm also interested to know what you've been doing since we last actually interviewed i don't like to think of this as an interview though more of a conversation um so i was re-listening to our podcast this morning mm-hmm. and in that you said that you wanted to be world domination with wildcrest mm-hmm. and at uh, the time we were, you were 75 parks so i'm just going to go straight in with like business if that's okay is there anything you don't want to talk about no no we're good yeah. Okay. Um, and I said you said then that you wanted to reach two hundred parks in Europe. Mm-hmm. Over was it ten years? I think so. We're two and a half years, and are you at ninety six? Nope. Higher. I'm at one hundred and eight. Amazing. Well done. So, how has that journey been from then until now? Stressful. <laughs> Very stressful. Yeah. Um, the way that we work, we try to borrow as less money as possible. Mm. We try to reinvest the profits constantly in the business. Um, you know, and that makes it very, very, very heat intensive within the business. You know, it's sometimes like a, like a, like a hot shop. Um, uh, but being surrounded by good people um, allows that journey to be so much more easier mm-hmm. than what it would be but we borrow as less as we can um so we're building up our own asset portfolio yeah. which we own not just what we own on paper but actually there's 90 percent bank debt yeah our bank debt within this company is 10 percent of our asset value um that's impressive it um it's just the way that we started mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully the way we will continue. Yeah. So I was speaking with my mum about you last night. Mm-hmm. So we speak about a lot of people. <laughs> um, she was, Not just me. Then, no. <laughs> <laughs> we do often bring you up in conversation, though. Um, but she she was saying about the way that you run your business. And, you know, we were sort of alluding to what you just said. Um, and she was saying, have, have you ever had investors or where did it begin from where did it where did it come from did you have investment in the first place or was it a case of you hustled and made it work and then you like you just say reinvest your own money and recycle the money in the business so that you're not borrowing there's a a number of uh of my journey how i got to where my first investment come to in this particular company and I'd bought and sold several other companies. I'd gone virtually bankrupt before. Um, but on this particular, I bought a park for £1.7 million. Pounds. Mm-hmm. I think I borrowed, and I'm guessing now, but it's 22 years ago. I, I think I borrowed, I think, £500,000, maybe, maybe a bit less, um, which was a lot of money to borrow, mm-hmm. but it was still only... 25% of the value of what I was buying. Um, 
that was a park called Lakeview Park in Romford. Um, 22 years ago, we had one park. Now we've got 108. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our borrowing's an awful lot more now. Our borrowing is uh, £80 million pound, um, against uh, all of our assets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But again, like you said, that's 10% of... Yeah, of our asset value. Of the asset value. So you're well on the way to creating the goal and the vision that you had. Are we on our way? Look, let let me say this to you. Success is no different than riding a bike. You get better at it. You get more confident at it. But you must never forget the tyre can go flat. Mm -hmm. You can fall off. The chain can come off. Many things can happen on your journey. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we're riding the bike. And the bike's riding along quite nicely. But I'm not um, completely blindsided if something happens. You just get to understand more that these things that happen, good or bad, yeah. is up to you. Because Anything that bad happens to somebody, that would be good. Do you follow me? I do. You know, like, for for instance, let's talk about death. You know, God forbid, someone dies. You can turn that into something a little bit more positive by donating your organs Mm -hmm. to allow somebody else to live, but your life lives on through them. Through them, definitely. So there is always a little bit of good in something that's bad. You know, so what's the old saying? One man's meat is another man's poison. Mm-hmm. One man's poison's another man's high. Yeah. It, it, you always try your hardest to take the positives out of something, if you can. Yeah. So I'm very much like that as well. I look at problems and look for the solutions and thinking, you know, what's this teaching me? And what, what is the positive in it? And there's been so much negativity over the past two and a half years. The, the vibration of the world has definitely changed with lockdowns and everything that's happened like economically. So I'm finding that a lot of people are panicking rather than looking for the positives. How have you found the positives in the horrendous stuff that's happened? Um, challenging. Yeah. Even for me. Yeah. There's no question about uh, we are in a very difficult time now. Yeah. I don't think people um, at this minute in time, and we are in uh, November, for November the 1st, 2022. At this moment in time, I'm saying we are actually in recession. Mm-hmm. I believe that this country is actually in recession. I think there's a number of other countries that will follow because most recessions now become global. They, they tend not to be, you know, colonised to, to one place or one country because we live in a global market. Um, so is there opportunities? The first opportunity is about steadying your own ship. Mm-hmm. The first opportunity is about recognising the market's changing and recognising you have to adjust to that. If you don't adjust to it, the market will creep up behind you and absolutely turn your boat over. Mm -hmm. And then when you're capsized, 
you've got this big challenge of getting out in the water, in the deep end where the sharks are swimming, <laughs> and turning your boat the right way up. So this is about steadying the ship, then identifying the opportunities going forward when you've put yourself in a position that you are comfortable. Mm -hmm. When an aeroplane has an, a problem, they don't say, oh, save the person next to you. They don't. They say, save yourself first. Put your oxygen mask on first, then save the person next to you. So that, that goes for everything in life. Yeah. And what that is, is identify what you, what you do. We all have to do that. Mm -hmm. We have to reevaluate what we're doing because we now have to change the way we do it. For instance, yep. one of the um, recessions, I think it was 19, 19, 1990, 1989, 1990, which for me was the worst recession that I'd ever seen. And there was a, a, a young um, businessman who was actually one of the Chandlers. His family owned the uh, dog track at Walthamstow. And um, he started up an estate agency in 1990. And I was like, what the hell is he doing? It absolutely thrived. And he built that up into a chain and sold that chain out. But here was the, the thing that he did. He catered for the recession of property. And how he did that, people wanted to rent property more. Mm -hmm. As opposed to sell property, they'd rent them. Because there are a lot of people out there that have got property, are not prepared to take a loss, so they'll rent them. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the word loss. Okay. When is a loss a gain? A loss is a gain when it liquefies your capital. So you now have working capital. Yeah. It unburdens you from debt. And it now allows you to breathe again, to go again. And if, let's say, and I'm using property here. If, say, property in your current climate previously, which is booming, is a million pounds. And then all of a sudden you enter into the recession, which is a, a market which completely turns it on its head because you're now not being gazumped. You're actually being degazumped. Degazumped. That's a good word. Do you follow me? <laughs> yep. Because there's some of there, they're looking for the guy that can sell. Now, if the market is falling, look to sell it for less than it's falling for. Do you know why? Mm -hmm. Because you're ahead of the market. Because by the time they come to complete in eight weeks' time, mm -hmm. even in a quick turnaround, the market will have fallen. And the yeah. truth of the matter is, if you're then at a point where you've completed and the market has fallen below the price where you'd even sold for, you're ahead of the market. Yeah. Now, what's the point of selling something for less than it was two years ago or a year ago? You're now buying at an even lesser rate. Now, people use the phrase, I like to buy at the bottom of the market. Mm -hmm. 
I don't. I don't. I like to buy at a market that I'm comfortable with. I like to buy in a market where I can sell through the sea. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take chances and go the rough sea. I've done that. You've done that. <laughs> I now need to be sailing through a sea that I can get through. I want to see the other end. There's no need to take chances. You've learned those navigation skills through mm. a series of events. Yeah. So how would you recommend other people do that without falling in the sea? I can't speak for everybody. No. And podcasts and um, business programs tend to be wide functioning. Mm -hmm. So I can only give advice if I was talking to myself. Yes. Make sense? Yes. And in a changing market, you must be prepared to change your model. So if you're looking now, let's say, into a falling market and you're looking to sell, you've then got to not look at price anymore. You've got to look at the reason that someone would buy that. So let's take commercial property, for yeah. instance. One of the things that, that I learned the hard way, but it worked, is I started buying warehouses um, and secondary shops, but I always made sure they were next to land of leather. Mm -hmm. Always made sure they were next to tiles or us. Always. And then I would look to rent them to another secondary company that sold tiles because tiles or us do so much advertising. Mm -hmm. Somebody goes to their store and you've got a tile shop next door, they'll come to you. You're piggybacking on their marketing. You're just yeah. wearing their marketing. Yeah. Smart. Well, now that property has a value to the person because they're paying for free advertising for you. Mm -hmm. Another one was I would buy only buy shops that were on corners. And the reason being, I wanted to get a secondary income with putting hoarding boards on the side of the property. Do you understand what yep. I'm saying? Then you've got two rather than the one. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if I, there, there's, yeah, there's a lot of shops that you can't get access to the upstairs. Again, if you buy a corner property, it's very easy to lose three foot of the back of the shop and create a door and a staircase at the side of the building. Mm -hmm. So now you've given the property its own entrance. It's about being fluid in property. Yeah. It's about thinking property isn't just bricks and mortar. Property has a use. Mm -hmm. If you can identify the use that you can sell, so advertising, so if you've got somebody else doing advertising, then you've made a premium of your property because it's worth more. But don't try and rent it to... I don't know, a furniture store if they sell tiles. Yeah. You go out and you look for a tile company that's got the foresight to realise they're doing their advertising for them. Mm -hmm. Has, did you ever get any backlash from that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> did it, how, how did it work out? I'm a pikey. <laughs> I've got broad skin, yeah. broad shoulders, thick skin. So 
you know. Um, when the easiest way to win an argument is to always agree with it. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. And then that's the conversation over. So, unless it's going to financially cost you, don't get into an argument. Don't, don't, yeah. you know, people argue, well, it's principle. Did principle ever get you paid? No. So, you know, take your principles and have a great day with them. <laughs> What's some of your principles? My principles have changed mm. as I've gone through my journey. Mm. If you ask me what my principles were when I first started, it was financially motivated to be driven to create a better life. Mm-hmm. That's it. I wanted a better life. I wanted to do more. You know, a lot of people don't want to be don't a lot of people don't want to tell the truth. They want to be the better person. And that's great if you're in a privileged position to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I'm in a position where I can change people's lives because the financial bit changed 20 years ago Yeah. before I even got in this industry. You know, when I, I made a certain amount of money, that gives you options to be a better person. You can't feed the world if you're starving yourself. You cannot. You can't tell somebody how to do something if you really haven't done it yourself. Mm -hmm. I see loads of people telling people how to do something and they've never, ever, ever done it. No. It's like telling somebody how to swim and you've never, uh, you've never been in the water. water yourself. We spoke about that before. You said you've been drenched. Yeah. (laughs) But it's true. It is very true. And there is a lot of people out there or they've done one thing and then they're going out and trying to teach other people that. And to me, that's not very ethical. It's not, con- it's, you know, for me, it's, let, it's not. Let me come back to yeah. that. Because I never answered your question no. about principle. My principles now are pretty simple. How can I change as many people's lives within the industry that I do yeah. on a daily basis? And believe it or not, Since I've started following those principles more and more and more, the business has done better. Because if you're changing people's lives, people see that. You know, is Park Home living for everybody? No. Categorically, no. But it is for the majority of my residents are very happy, over 90%. Mm -hmm. If they're happy, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. That's nice. So... Speaking about changing lives, you were on the Undercover Big Boss program, which I know was very well well received and you helped the people on that program. Mm -hmm. So when you're you're changing people's lives, how does it feel to you to be able to do that compared to 25 years ago when you were not where you are at now? What I did then, I wouldn't have done 25 years ago. Yeah. Because I couldn't afford to. Yeah. There's, there's a difference, and it's the same things. Uh, if you can, it's easier. Mm. When you see a lot of good people doing a lot of good things, um, it's fantastic that they do it. No matter at what stage they are in their life, it's fantastic that they do it. But the people that do it, that find it hard to do it, 
my hat goes off to them even more because I wouldn't have done that 25 years yeah. ago, but I would do it today. And look, we, we run the Wildcrest Parks charity. We raise a lot of money for charity. We don't brag about that. No. We don't boast it because that's something that we do. Our charity is solely and wholly funded every expense by Wildcrest Parks. Every penny. Mm. There is not one God's penny comes out of that company to pay bills. So our charity um, is, again, a life-changing yeah. charity. You know, we, we've now started to look for research in dementia, looking how to change not the people with dementia, mm. but to help the families deal with dementia and to help dementia. It's a yeah. two-part thing. I've always thought that about those kinds of illnesses. They, they, they help the, maybe the person, but it's the family that need that support as well because they're going through it with them and there isn't much help out there to... It's a very, it's a very challenging, mm. debilitating disease yeah. that you physically see a loved one actually deteriorate before your eyes that they and the worst thing that i ever saw was when um, a daughter went in to see her father and he didn't know her mm. um and i i thought to myself it like how destroying that must be and that we've all gone through difficult situations in our life. Everybody has a story. Mm. Um, and some, some people's stories get told and others don't. So you want to help change that, telling more stories? or Absolutely. Yeah. I think, look, I'm blessed. Yeah. I'm pretty well the first gypsy um, in business to come out. Mm-hmm. It's as... Yeah. You know, there's no other gypsies that are in business because they're frightened. Of mm. They're worried that it's going to cause them an issue or a problem. And do you know something? They're quite right. It does. Even me. You chose to use that, though, didn't you? To, yeah. to own your heritage and who you are. Would I say to own my heritage? No. 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 I get asked all the time, am I proud to be a gypsy? Am I? And I, and I go, look. I'm proud to be me. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be me. There's not a day goes by that I don't try to improve myself. Now, am I improving myself to make myself a better person for other people? No. I'm doing it to make myself a better person for me. Just for me. Is that considered to be selfish? Yes. But you know, I can change a lot more people's lives mm -hmm. if I'm in a good place. The better place that I'm in, the better I can do. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. I'm exactly the same. And I always say it's okay to be selfish with those kinds of things and, you know, give yourself permission to be better than you were yesterday and the day before because otherwise your life won't get to where you want to be because you're just sat on the sidelines watching your story, whereas you can be the creator. Somebody said to me, how do I perceive the future? I said, blindly. 
I said, because we can only predict the future, but by predicting it, that allows us to help create it. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And we're surrounded by so many things that tell us that we can't and very few things that tell us we can. Mm -hmm. And the things that are telling us that we can doesn't show us how we can. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in the digital age now where everybody is going out there saying, you can do better, you can do it. But it, it's not the telling. It goes back to the same synergy about giving someone a fishing rod. You can give them a fishing rod all the time. They wouldn't know how to use it. You have to show sure. them how to use it. Show them how to fish. Um, show them where to catch the fish. You know, one of the greatest little captions that I saw was a man sitting on a bridge and he's got his fishing rod and his tackle and the whole regalia of all of his fishing products and his fishing rods over in the, in the water. And there he is holding his rod. But on the other side of the bridge, that's where all the fish are. Mm-hmm. So he's fishing in the wrong, in the wrong place. Pond. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how good of a fisherman you are. If there's no fish there, you're not going to catch anything. You're not. So how do we change the, the way that we educate people with that then? I think that's a huge issue at the moment, especially... I don't believe that our education system mm. works to the best of its ability. No. So when you take your driving test, you go out. What's the first thing you do? You take your theory. Yes. Learn what the signs are, how you drive the car, what speed you go at, all of that, correct? Mm-hmm. And then what do they do? They give you your certificate. Okay. Great. So you now, in, in effect, have passed the theory of your test. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't give you the keys to the car, do they? No. Nope. They then go, now you've got to do the practical and you take another test where you go out and you start driving the car with a with a uh, an instructor yeah. then you take your test with it and you do the practical now it works the opposite in school you go to school you do all your theory they give you the keys to the car mm-hmm. how's that work <laughs> what needs to happen is we need more work experience mm-hmm. of different types of jobs, different types of careers um, that people can do to see where they excel. Mm-hmm. We're Practical not, hands-on experience. Yeah, yeah. We're not all blessed to find what we like doing. No. And to be successful, you have to do things you don't like to get to the things that you do like. Yeah. Then you can then say, I was great. I I got to do what I loved in life. Yeah, it's a very good point. I remember my work experience, two weeks, I I went to The Guardian. And I don't don't remember much of it. I remember advertising space and that's kind of in... in, in, Also, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for. Irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... What did that teach me back then? 
that I didn't want to work for The Guardian. So maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> you have to try and take it and just pass that experience on. Yeah, yeah. Someone said to me the other day, um, everything that I have is always for business. Always. Yeah. Whether it's a car, whether it's, it's for business. Yeah. And the cars that I have in the businesses are fantastic promotional tools. That's why I wrapped them in red lava. And, and someone said to me the other day, and this is absolutely, he went, that's disgusting. I hate that colour. <laughs> I didn't need to know that. No. But, and I didn't ask him whether he liked it. And I'm never, I'm quite a humble person. I would never put somebody down for pointing out their opinion. But that wasn't an opinion. That was putting it down. Mm -hmm. So I said, wow. I said, you know, I said, you could be right. What colour is yours just by the chance? (laughs) And so he said, because he didn't know. So he said, well, so I'm just making an, an opinion. I went, but your opinion doesn't come from somebody who is an expert. Mm-hmm. Your opinion is of something else. I said, base your opinion on not only what you think, but actually what you know. Yeah. So have you got one? No. Okay. So... And do you know why it's wrapped like that? He went, well, because you like it. I went, actually, I can't stand it. <laughs> I said, but there's a method and a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. It defines lava yeah. of building new land. So everything that I do has to, I look at something and I want it to remind me why it's done. I want me to, I want it to tell me and inspire me. Mm-hmm. I like that. Does that make sense? It does make sense because it's a visual. It gives you that, okay, this is why this is for that, to help keep you going for, you know, there are always moments, I'm sure we all have them. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, why am I doing this? Do you still have those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And of then course. to help you get through that. And what did that guy say in the end when you... Uh, Look, he then, well, what he, he, yeah. well, he then wanted to know the reason. Yeah. But there was no point in me telling him the yeah. reason because he wasn't open enough minded to even accept the reason. He was only looking to give me another excuse. So I'm not wasting my breath or my time yeah. on somebody that's just looking to bring something down as opposed to understand why. Mm. I think that says a lot about people and the people you surround yourself with. I remember you saying before about, you know, you work with great people, you find great people for the right roles and the right people to, like, it's that lifting and inspiring being around people that... The great man himself, Einstein, said, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it will think it's an idiot. Mm -hmm. If you let it swim in the ocean, it thinks it's a gold medalist or Olympic swimmer. It's the right person for the right job. It's the person that excels at what they're doing. Now, if we all think about, you know, saying to a fish, 
climb a tree. We think, what a stupid thing to say. But yet we asked stuff of people to do things mm. that is so alien to them, me included, mm. that I'd look like the fish climbing the tree. Other things you would ask me to do, I'd look like the fish swimming in the ocean. It just it's finding the right the right. I hate to use the word nugget of slipstream of excelling. That's why people are naturals at certain things. They can find that natural, mm. you know. No different than saying to a basketball player, "We want you to uh, be a baker." In a in a in a low level, five foot, he'd look it would absurd be, yeah. and It'd be very uncomfortable. Exactly, but here's the thing: we have to do those uncomfortable jobs mm-hmm. to find the jobs that we are brilliant at. And whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a businessman, we all have to do jobs. Yeah. What was the thing that was most uncomfortable for you? that made you figure out the bit things that you are so great at? I don't think I'm great at anything. I don't. No? No, no. I don't think I'm great at anything. Um, I'm passionate. Mm-hmm. I really wish that I could sit here and say, you know, wow, I'm a genius and I love what I do with that and I just found my way. No, I found my passion. Yeah. So it was a bit different for me. I, I found a passion and my passion allowed me to work harder, work longer times, put more effort in Mm -hmm. because I found my passion. So I'm not a naturally gifted person at anything. I really mean that. I find that really interesting that you think about yourself in that way when you've created so much and for so many people who see you in a different light. Well, that's passion. Yeah. Don't confuse passion with talent. Mm-hmm. You can really want to do it, but no, it's like me saying I love football. But you actually, you absolutely. I'm, 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 I love football, but I'm not going to go get on the pitch. No. Mm. So, you know, your passion can take you a lot of places. Mm. It's like talent. This is the same thing again. You know, finding a way of. You know, you've got to have those two things. Passion will always actually outweigh talent because you'll work harder. You'll want it more. You'll work longer. You want it more. Mm. You know, some of the greatest football players, the great George Best, hardly trained. He trained, but not to the level that a lot of other people trained. Mm. Whereas David Beckham, he'll tell you, he wasn't the greatest football player. But he's one of his sayings was, you know, I just become so lucky the more I practice. <laughs> Putting the, the, the graft in and the hours to make you get better. Well, so the future, um, obviously last time we spoke about the, the next 10 years, the world's changed a lot since then. And have you thought about any kind of diversification or? I've got, I've got some real exciting stuff uh, which I'm planning. Mm. 
We haven't put pen to paper yet, but I've got some real exciting stuff coming on, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, we are Wildcrest um, is on its on its um, journey, and it's now become an entity of completely of its own, um, and I'm a cog in the big machine that's driving it forward. But now there's a lot of people here that are also as passionate as me. They can see what we're doing. Mm. They believe in what we're doing. And I think they're as, exactly as I said, I think they're just as passionate mm -hmm. about it as me. So I want to take it even further. Wildcrest will continue and we're restructuring it now. But next year, I'm setting up uh, an office in the US mm -hmm. um, and an office here in London. And we are going to open up our first investment fund, ah. which is I've constantly watched, constantly you know, looked at different people that have been doing business mentoring, business courses. But what, what we are going to do is we are opening up our very first investment fund next year. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hoops and a lot of um, legal uh, context that we've got to get through. Mm. Um, the first place, and we are going to constantly stay on track for the affordable housing within the park home realms and modular building. Mm -hmm. And we are not going to be diversifying to say, oh, we're going to be doing commercial property. We're going we are going to stay on route yeah. because we have a proven track record. And the goals are going to be to expand what we do here in the US, expand what we do here in Europe, and give everybody a share of the apple pie. And not only by giving them a share of the apple pie, mm. but it's going to have sugar on it. And the reason it'll have sugar on it is because we're doing something that nobody else is doing. We're changing people's lives in affordable homes mm -hmm. that stay affordable. And we have the ability to do it. Why, why start funding doing it? Because I think it needs to reach the wider population of the world now. Yeah. And as a private limited company, we're only ever always going to be seen as that. Whereas if we have investors along for the journey, they're not only going to profit out of it, mm. they're going to work with us, I think. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. And uh, I think we can grow another company, yeah. the same size as Wildcrest, within, say, five years. On the figures that we've on worked. The figures at. you worked. That's really exciting because mm. it makes it so much more available to people. Because what I'm finding at the minute, like with everything that's happening in the world and the government, they're saying like you need to cut back on this and cut back on that, without giving any kind of advice as to how to make more. It's all cut back, cut back, cut back. But what you're doing there is making things available to people but also helping other people to, to make more, like you say, the, the, 
Well, look, the government, whether we like it or whether we don't, is a business. Mm -hmm. They've got a business of running a country. Yep. Simple as that. That's that's their job. Some of the decisions they make, I, I, I think, are right. Some of the decisions they make are wrong. But that's the same as any business or any entity. You're never going to please everybody. But what I don't agree with is punishing the businesses and the people that are wealth generators for the country. Because mm -hmm. those people will leave. Simple as that. Yeah. They'll leave. And people are. They are. And the more that leave, the more it weakens our country. Mm -hmm. You've now got Italy welcoming anybody of wealth that pays a flat rate of any money they earn up, and it costs them £100,000. Wow. Now, you could say, well, you know, let the wealthy go there. Yeah. And they're going to invest there. Mm -hmm. And they're going to help that economy and yeah, their absolutely. people. And they're going to be bringing their wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, when, just to give you an idea of the, of what wealth can do, let's take Elon Musk. Over social media and Twitter, he has the Prime Minister who has no Wi-Fi. So Elon Musk sends up his, his aeroplanes, sends them out there, and gives back Wi-Fi to a country. Mm -hmm. That. So all of a sudden, Ukraine has now got Wi-Fi. That's one man. That's one man. That's what wealth can do. Yeah. And that's nothing to be afraid of. Why, no. why are the British so quiet and, you know, money's such a bad thing when... Well, like we, have, we have a class system still here in the UK. Mm. I think it's... Uh, getting better through people like me, people like you, um, putting it out there. But there is a class system. You know, you've only got to look at the previous government and the photograph of Boris Johnson and uh, so forth. Of, it was basically all of his school friends. Um, you know, good luck to them for, for being in the old school tie. Mm -hmm. uh, but it shouldn't, should not, not allow the rest of us to kick that glass ceiling down. Mm -hmm. And we've had some phenomenal entrepreneurs that have never been given the recognition that they should have been given. You know, the owner of Barclay Homes was a traveller. Um, and, uh, you know, Barclay Homes is... is Huge. created so much housing mm -hmm. across the UK. Um, and, I, I, and he couldn't read and write. So I was sort of... That's mind-blowing. Blown away. Mm. Um, that he never got the recognition. He never got knighted. A man that couldn't read and write, that wow. was born in a railway yeah. carriage, didn't get knighted. He started and, and, and created one of the biggest building companies to build housing that, to the, that never, ever went bankrupt. Mm. That is impressive. So can you tell me that there isn't, or people say there isn't a classroom? I think, yes, there is. There definitely is. Do you think that's slowly being eradicated? 
I think slowly we 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 countries have all got their um, uh, cultures of how it uh, of how of how we are throughout history, mm. and that's what makes us British. Mm. I'm proud to be uh, British, but what I would say to you is, um, due to the I, I, I personally believe that the wealthy in the UK are targeted mm-hmm. categorically. And can I, can I see myself staying here in the UK? No. I can't. I won't. No. No. Where will you go? Um, the, the country that opens their doors um, for great investment, great opportunities. Um, you know, when I see countries like Italy mm-hmm. that are saying, okay, no, we want wealth here. We want you to bring wealth here. Um, like, I don't, I don't agree with the Russian people being targeted how they have been in the UK. I don't agree with that. No. You know, anybody that was a civilian that was not connected to Putin, why should they have their assets seized? So they were welcomed here. Mm-hmm. Their country of origin, which is Russia, you know, gets involved in a war. So then their civilians are penalised. Penalised. They actually moved. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there's loads of arguments. Oh, well, you know, those people are connected to Putin. You know, if there is a clear link, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. But not to just civilians. And they have carte blanched everybody. All they've done is those Russians have gone to places like Turkey, mm-hmm. Dubai, mm-hmm. where they've been welcomed. I just... So it's trying to get your head around what are the government trying to achieve? Um, I'm sure that they've got their policies and ideas or mm. reasons behind it. But for me, it's, again, making a statement, you know, that we're against Russia and everybody in Russia. That can't be right. No, but it's not the civilians that are doing it. No, exactly. I think as long as, well, no, not as long as, but the more people that do speak up and out about it, but then it doesn't change. Like we put petitions to parliament. Did yours go through? No. 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 We we had all the right noises. Mm -hmm. We had all of the, it was an agreement that they were going to get. We had over 10,000 nearly 13,000 mm. signatures um, for park homeowners needing the um, kickback. They agreed to give the kickback. They agreed that it would come through directory. Well, at this moment in time, even though they agreed it, we haven't seen the paper of how they're going to do it. They've just left it. So we'll see. When you think about the work and the effort that goes into these things, and again, that's like another act of penalising people and to what end I think it's who's got the loudest vote isn't it mm-hmm. what's going to make the best headlines what's going to sell the most papers and that gives them mm-hmm. exposure yeah how does it feel for you being out there in the press and on TV and all these podcasts I don't feel that I am right that's the, uh, the honest truth. Okay. I don't feel that I am. Um, 
it's a bit strange and weird when I get stopped and somebody I'll ask for a photograph or, and that happens now more and more and more. Um, and I always try to oblige. Mm-hmm. I always try to stop what I'm doing because if, if, if that, like the wrapping of a car, reminds them that you can do something better for yourself in life, mm. then it's my God-given duty to make sure that I help fulfill that for them. Yeah. And, if, and if they can ask me one question or, you know, that makes them feel them on their journey, then Jesus, I've got to make sure I do it. Yeah, that's nice. So where everyone's, not everybody, the majority of the 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 population have been panicking over energy bills going up and inflation and interest rates. What do you do to manage your emotions and stay calm in these sorts of situations? Run like hell. <laughs> <laughs> no. Run to Italy. I'm off. I'm done. <laughs> Go to Italy. Um, okay, look, uh, as I said to yeah. you, and I go back to what I said earlier, it's about reading the terrain. It's about seeing what's coming down the track. It's about steadying the ship by seeing the storm ahead. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in business think, oh, the sea's calm, and they can physically see a big storm ahead. That's what a recession is. We're in calm waters where the river is flowing into the sea and pushing us further out. And we're just sailing along in the wind and everything's going great. That's what a boom is. Mm -hmm. You've got your sails up, the wind's blowing you, and you're just enjoying the ride because it's just happening. It's just happening. Mm -hmm. But there's no point just sitting behind the sail thinking I'm sure that storm will go round me or somebody else will get in that storm, we'll steer off. No, what you should be doing is going, okay, how do we overcome this? Mm -hmm. Have we got enough food on the boat? Have we got enough water on the boat? Is this boat big enough to get through that storm? Can we go round the storm? It's about seeing the terrain. Mm -hmm. And for us, I'm looking at stuff right now. We're identifying, you know, things that we can do better things that we can improve. And I don't mean just improving the business. Mm. I mean cutting away some fat because interest rates are not going to stay where they are. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that people have made. Interest rates were at 0.1%, correct? Mm -hmm. And then they went to half a, a quarter of a percent. Then they went to half a percent. Then they went to 1%, then one and a half, now two, and I think it's now two and a quarter, isn't it? I think so. There it is. Slowly, gradually, gone up. Okay. Well, you see, that's a mistake because they didn't do it gradually. They raised interest rates by 100% in one go. Yes. But people think, no, they didn't. They raised them by a quarter of a percent. But the amount of the actual, yeah. Was by 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. So if you had a mortgage that you were paying £500 on at 0.1%, mm-hmm. if they raised it 
by 0.2%. They didn't. It was 0.25%. It was more than 100%. Your mortgage was now Mm £1,000. And when all of a sudden it went from a quarter of a percent to half a percent, that's another 100% increase. So in monetary terms, Mm -hmm. it's now £1,000. It's now £2,000. Does that make sense? Yeah. Interest rates mm-hmm. doubled, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can the average Joe on the street do to combat their ever-growing costs? Okay. The first thing to do in any business or any property finance is to be honest with yourself and write out an Excel sheet Mm -hmm. so you know what your mortgage is, what the property is, what you've got it rented for, and research the market. Speak to the bank. Get information back from your bank manager. Mm -hmm. Where does he see the market? Are there any issues in the area? Local agent. Most importantly, two or three local agents. What's happening in your street? Mm -hmm. Is there a demand in your street? Is the demand falling? Is the demand rising? You need to be ahead of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Now, the beauty, if you have a property, you have got a property that's on a mortgage of buy to let. Sometimes being put under pressure can be a benefit, not a negative, because what it does is forces you to mm-hmm. relook and revisit the deal that you've done. Yeah. What other deals are out there to refinance before it becomes a problem? Mm-hmm. That's the issue with a lot of people, isn't it? They bury their head in the sand, yep. don't want to deal with it because it's so scary, and then the problem becomes bigger, and that's how things like repos and stuff happen. We are always checking and reevaluating our finances, mm-hmm. always. Um, we constantly make sure that our cash flow, and cash flow, in my opinion, in any good business, is the key to success. Mm-hmm. It allows you to judge the future because you know what's coming through the front door. Yeah. Now, there are always obstacles. You don't get paid. Sometimes, you know, things can happen. Yep. But you mitigate those in. But if you've got a very good, strong cash flow that you can judge where you are in four months, that's a that's predicting the future. Mm. That's predicting the future. And also, it can also get you to a point and ask yourself whether or not it's time to sell that property mm-hmm. or whether it's time to increase the rent. Or is the property best off let as something else? Student accommodation, for instance, Mm -hmm. at this moment in time. Different universities around the country, I know this for a fact, are actually telling students they have to take a gap year because they don't have the accommodation. accommodation. That's interesting. That's fact. Wow. So there are so many different ways of re-evaluating the property to the market that needs them. Just because you're in a downturn doesn't mean to say you 
have to be in the downturn. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening around you. Yeah. So that's like thinking, this is how I look at recessions. If you go into a church or a mosque, they are either in recession or in a boom. Mm-hmm. If they're in, they're in a boom, they're all singing and praying and hallelujah. If they're in a downturn, they're on their knees praying. And if you notice what everybody does, they all do the same. Mm-hmm. Now, they've only just walked out from the street outside, but because people are praying, they pray. Because people are happy, clappy, singing, they're doing the same. Yeah. So that means we tend to do what people are doing around us. May it not be that sometimes we need to pray when other people are happy, clappy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's sometimes we need to be singing when other people are praying. praying. Don't just do what it is that you need to do for you. Just because there's a downturn doesn't mean to say you've got to be in it. Mm. It's getting creative, isn't it, with your thinking and yeah. what you what you do. I think more people need to, or I think we all do, think outside the box because we aren't all made to fit in a box and follow the masses. This is what I would say. Yeah. Unfortunately, the governments give us the boxes mm-hmm. that we have to fit in. For instance, I had an argument with the VAT man the other day. This is so absurd. It just tells me how ridiculous their mindset and training is. Mm -hmm. I bought a car through a company that I own. And there was £300,000 worth of VAT because the car was like £2 million. Put the car up for sale. At that time, hadn't sold it by the time we'd made the VAT reclaim. It's through a company, mm-hmm. so everything's above board. The VAT man says, oh, no, no. We've seen you drive this car on your Instagram and you've used it for... Domestic pleasure, we're not paying you the VAT. Okay. So I had to argue it. I had to involve a solicitor to, to, for it. Uh, proved that the car was bought to sell. And we sold it and we made a £200,000 profit out of the car. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. out of the car. They nearly caused that deal... To lose money. To lose money, yeah. So how on earth are business people supposed to be... And one of their... One of their or the inspectors to me said, well, you're not a car dealer, are you? So how can you buy and sell cars? I was like, well, you're not a businessman, so what are you doing giving me advice on business? Uh-huh. Telling me what I can... You know, like, the art now of being a trader is not acceptable. You can't buy and sell a fridge, a horse, a donkey, a car. Mm. You, you've either got to buy and sell cars and do nothing Just do one else. Thing, yeah. And the reason they want people to do that is so they can keep a better 
tab. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, in the UK, and I've said it before, they don't embrace entrepreneurship. Right. They want people in a box. So it's the government that creates those boxes. That doesn't happen in America. No. In America, you have much more of a wider variety of being a business. They embrace entrepreneurship. So we can learn a lot from that over here, over here mm. and take away. I, th- I do see a shift in people talking more about things. And I don't know if that's actually because my circle of people has changed. So I think it's uh, uh, three or four or five different factors that, that we all mm. have to take into account. Number one, your circle of people has changed. Mm -hmm. If the circle of people have changed, your conversation's changed. If your conversation has changed, your mindset has changed. Mm -hmm. And the more people that do this type of podcast that puts it out there that you can be different, mm. then that's got to make the world a better place. I think so. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I love doing this podcast and listening to others and hearing conversations and expanding the way my brain works and like strengthening my mindset and building resilience because without that, I wouldn't be able to go and build the businesses and do the things that we want to do because my mindset was different. Like even 10, 10 years ago, I was managing a bar, which I was very good at, but I would never have thought, oh, let me go and have conversations about business and grow this business. So, But what you're underselling yourself at, running a bar yeah. is a business. Yes, that's you my know, point. I didn't see it then. You know, that's customer service mm-hmm. and that's learning our how much more the drunk guy can have before he causes a problem yes. in the bar. Yes. You know, people seem to think, uh, uh, you know, when when a bar's there for drinking, it's not. Bar's there for enjoyment, yeah. to, you know, socialise. experience you create. And that's what we were doing, was giving people that experience and those memories, well, when they could remember <laughs> if they didn't drink too much. Um, and there are all of the different factors that go into it, which I see now which I didn't see as much then. So that goes to show and prove that the different conversations have made me realise, which is what I actually wanted to say to you about how your network and circle of people have grown. Like, how did you find that journey into finding the good people and, I suppose, levelling up? By your conversation changing, Mm. by your mindset changing, I'll give you an instance when they talk about mindset change. Mm. You can be a road sweeper, yeah? Mm. But if your mind all of a sudden now wants to understand how a broom's made, how it's manufactured, you're now going to start talking to the people that make the brooms. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to find them more invigorating. Now, all of a sudden, you want to know what the machine 
turns the handle or what it's something as simple as that mm-hmm. so whatever you're doing it's about who you're talking to mm. and you then start to work or congregate towards those people mm-hmm. and they'll congregate towards you most importantly yeah if you are the smartest man in the room or the smartest woman in the room you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. You are in the wrong room. That used to terrify me, being that person and feeling like completely out of my depth. And it still does to an extent. Like I get, I still get nervous. And I think that's a good thing because it means I care. And I think there's a lot to be learned from every, every person you meet, whether you're ahead or they're ahead of you. Um, but it doesn't scare me so much anymore because I've done more of it. And I, I find it fascinating and how much more you can learn and grow from those conversations. Do you know what's on the other side of fear? Everything you want. Failure. Yep. Or success. Yeah. The failure stands in front of fear. What stands behind fear is success. Because you need to push through it. Yeah. And we've all got fears. I've got fears. We've all got fears, Mm -hmm. but fears are going to do two things for you. Destroy you or allow you to rise. You know, that's, that's your, your decision. Yeah. And I continue to rise and you continue to rise. And I hope everybody listening to this podcast continues to rise and has derived a lot from it. Take a lot of credit from yourself because what you're doing is showing out um, to people that, It's not who you are, where you are, or where you come from that counts. It's how far you're willing to push yourself Mm. to get to where you want. And the more we open up this to anybody and everybody, we're going to find out the fish that have been told to climb the tree that they should have been swimming in the ocean. Mm. That's a a beautiful analogy. And that led (laughs) it. I have a fish on my finger. <laughs> it should be in the ocean. <laughs> and whilst we speak about the ocean, I wanted to thank you um, on the podcast for hiring your villa to us in Barbados. We had an amazing retreat, um, which everybody thoroughly enjoyed. So you is stunning from there. Isn't it? it is the best. We were just looking at the um, podcast video we did there with a couple of people I met and with it in the background. It's just... Monkey Hill has, in my opinion got the best sunsets and sunrises from the pole in the whole of Barbados. Yeah. It is just because it's a clear um, infinity pole that just looks straight across. Because you sit up on a ridge, Mm -hmm. you get the whole... It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So I've sat there and I've watched ocean liners just pass by on the... And that's a bit surreal. It is... Is sat done the same and like it's just I get all excited about it. <laughs> so now I can't wait to go back. I remember you saying quite a few years ago about staying there and make sure you get the whole experience, have the chef, the housekeeper, everything, because it pushes you to want more. It actually shows you what's out there. Yeah. And they are phenomenal, by the way. Absolutely incredible people. Oh, um, pretty good. Yeah. Like really well looked after. I mean it did and I know it did for the people who came as well, made them think on a different different playing field 
So um, one person, and they live there and they've taken inspiration from the view, from the, the place and like, okay, they want to pull this into what I want to build for where I want to live, which is part of what that experience is about. The only thing I would say yeah. and um, is this, all my life, I have worked. Mm. All my life, I've worked for tomorrow. I'm at a point in my life now that I've learned something a little bit different and it's not to forget to live for today. Mm -hmm. And I forgot that. Okay. I forgot that and I was always working for tomorrow. What made you change that? I'm slow. I haven't changed. I'm slowly trying to change. I'm slowly trying to change. And it was that I was striving and I was striving to give um, my family better lives Mm. uh, to make them safe. And what I've realised is they've got their own lives and they're going to do their own things. And sometimes them working for themselves and just doing what they love or what they do. And I think sometimes I maybe forgot myself there in living for the moment Mm -hmm. because I was working for tomorrow. So what are you doing for living in the moment currently? At this moment in time, nothing. Nothing. But I'm hoping that that will change and I'm going to push for it to change. First thing starts with the thought. The next thing starts with doing more. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to try and do that. Because you did some of that in the summer, didn't you? I did, but I was still working. Yeah. I never stopped working. No. no um, uh, I bought a new boat. Um, I was gutted to manage to miss you. <laughs> it's like, I'm in Mallorca. I got back, finally got back there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's yeah. all good stuff. Yeah. So if you could leave our listeners with... Your top tip of the day. I'm just going to throw a top tip of the day. Top tip of the day. Mm. Okay. Running into this recession is a recipe for failure when we run into it. Stride into this recession with knowledge and you will have the best opportunities that you will make happen. Absolutely clearly visible in front of you. So just look what's coming. The storm's ahead. It's already raining. Our job's to make sure we have an umbrella and plenty of buckets to catch the fresh water. Love it. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, I will let you go and have some moments in the day. (laughs) It's been lovely speaking with you again, and I'm sure we will uh, do another catch-up at some point. I look forward um, to it. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure to download, subscribe and uh, share with your friends. So thank you very much.